0: Hello, everyone. Caleb here. You are about to hear a clip that did not make the cut of either a previous episode or an episode that is about to be released. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show yet, that would be greatly appreciated. I know every podcast you've ever listened to asks you to do that, but that's because it really does help grow the show uh, on top of you telling your friends about it. you know. Uh, also, check us out on social media if you haven't already at we Should Jam. Pod, give us any feedback, any questions. You know, would you rather, whatever. You know, that we can talk about. That'd be great. Uh, but thank you so much for listening and enjoy the clip. I smashed my face off an outdoor pull-up bar the other day and it still hurts. Did you get fucking high and decide to cut
1: your beard again, <laughs> you idiot? I actually, I've lived in a in a house venue slash studio. For the past like three and a half, four years i' i think three and a half years and uh yeah, uh we were just saying it it really helps you like you can experiment a little more, you save a fuckload of money on studio time um yeah, what do you think what's like your your favorite thing about uh living in kind of a studio environment all the time
2: the the absolute best thing about living in in a, a studio environment is. I don't know if I should say I will say it anyways. The best thing about being in a studio environment like this is when you get to do psychedelics and put on your in ears and jam and <laughs> just play like one chord and like really sink the fucking groove in, you know? Because like, because the tones are all so fucking saturated and everything sounds so good in your ears that it just like. That, that is a, way, a very effective way of feeling your music from a perspective that you never really get to feel your music while you're playing it. Because unless, unless you're like one of those guys who, who plays his rock shows on psychedelics, and that's like not really it. It's not on my list of things to accomplish, but uh, that's, that's something that you get to do when you live in a studio space like that and when everything is all set up and dialed in and ready to go. All you got to do is turn on your amp, throw your in-ears on, activate the session, throw up the template, and you're rocking and you can hear everything. You don't have to worry about a thing. That, that's an amazing, amazing feeling. And then on top of that, just the whole experience of actually tracking and working on tracks and, you know, being able to stop at any point, go, you know, go eat or go for a walk and just come back and keep working on what you were doing. And not have to worry about anybody having scheduled any time. It's like, oh, I came out from this place, and like, you don't have to worry about any of that. You just work on your shit at your own rate. That's it's honestly in it's that's where all the value is for me, and so that's why we spent the the five six years that we've been spending collecting gear and and building this place is so that like. We kind of just fantasized about being in this situation, and and then all of a sudden one day we woke up and it was like, oh, we're in that situation, and we can release music from from this location, and and everything feels good. So that's the really great thing about having a studio, man.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say the same. I'd have to say the same thing, where you can, it's kind of at your leisure, uh, especially the being able to kind of write the song in the studio, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the psychedelics part, I have indulged in. Wouldn't recommend it every time. Sometimes you play a chord and you get lost in it, and then you got to go lie down for a little while.
2: It's a little intense. Everyone's got to be objective. You know? Everyone's got to be willing yeah. to accept that you know, it's possible that the drummer is going to be playing Nick Mason drum rolls the whole time and it's possible that the guitarist is going to discover his delay pedal and have a really awesome time with the one (laughs) note. Oh, man,
1: yeah. You can can get lost in the sauce really fucking fast.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, real fast. I did, for sure. I had to lie down, roll around a little bit, (laughs) fell asleep, woke up. Roll around a little more. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty intense, but yeah, no, that part is pretty nice. You can do that at your leisure as well. So uh, yeah, uh, home studio recommended. Yeah, man. By, by me and Jig.
2: Yeah, no, I tell everyone like you know just do record whatever you can at home and and it's gonna sound like shit, and try to make it sound good. And if you can't make it sound good, send it to me and I'll try to make it sound good for as little Hell yeah. as possible. Because, like, yeah. You're going like, to make
0: so much money, man. <laughs> there's there's going to be a time where, like, somebody sends you a song to mix, and then you'll send it back and be like, hey, I just mixed it in 3D for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No
2: doubt. There will, well, although, like, n- the thing is, if I get good enough where I can actually mix 3D... I- I'm gonna have to start being like I could do that for a hefty price because oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh, it's yeah. gonna would, be like a couple k yeah 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 wait a in that case you we'd probably be one of the only only rock studios working on 360 projects because it's not really like a type of audio for for rock it, it'll we'll have to come right. at that with some creative thinking in order to figure out just how you would turn a rock mix into 360. Because you can take regular mixes, take regular mono and stereo sources, and and send them through ambisonic encoders and create a 360 mix out of that. And then there's mm-hmm. there's, there's also these microphones that are special microphones that record an environment in 360 so that you can... Get the 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 room in 360 and the sound of that, so that it's super realistic. So I think it's going to be like a mix of those two things. It's going to be like good ambience, and then you add all these close mics and all these close signals to to kind of beef up your mix, and you pan them all. And then you're going to have like a pretty interesting 360 rock product if if that turns out to sound you know not too harsh on the ears. God
0: damn,
1: I'm learning <laughs> so much shit today, man. Does that make Craig's sense? Craig never went to
0: school, so he's it yeah, does, I'm super it, it does make sense. Man. It does make sense. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, oh, it makes perfect sense. I'm, yeah, I'm learning. I'm literally like very excited about it, and I'm like I said like a couple minutes ago, like I'm upset I haven't never considered it before. Yeah, I never, I never once thought about it. Yeah, it man, makes total sense. Yeah. Do you, do you guys especially
1: <laughs> adding it into the live stream uh, element, makes like that's that's a million dollar idea. <laughs>
2: Yeah, maybe like like maybe like 450,000 if you got really lucky on Dragon's Den. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like it's like a just under a half a million dollar idea. No one ever says that. Why
2: not? Even at that they'd probably still be like your evaluation is too high. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's like a quarter
1: Ambi- million dollar idea. <laughs>
2: ambisonic mixing. No one's going to give a shit about that. You guys are so so wasting your money. How much money have you guys put into Yeah, this? and that's like that's like the grandson of the guy that was like The Beatles, fuck the
1: Beatles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out of my office. Exactly. <laughs> Same exactly. kid.
2: That's so funny.
1: <laughs>
0: And it's another great, like yeah, like your your failed Dragon's Den pitch is another great clip for the documentary too. Yeah, man.
2: Yeah, no, that would be fantastic, would... man. It's just like, it's like a oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a, a document, a band documentary is always better for it. To, it's always better for it to be like a Spinal Tap than for it to be like uh, what's another like band documentary that I don't watch the boring ones, you about... know? Like there's even even yeah. you know it's a really good rockumentary per se. The story of Rush. Have you guys seen that one?
1: I have yeah, seen Beyond
2: it. The, yeah. Beyond
0: I, the I've stage. watched that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's the same one. Yeah, I. It was okay. It was more like it's. Come it was on, one of those man. weird documentaries where it was like self <laughs> self deprecating or. No, it was self deprecating. They were like, "Yeah, nerds like us." That's it. Like they they really emphasized that part. And then there's like a whole part of the movie where they're like. Yeah, Getty got into Synths for a bit. That was yeah. kind of fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the vibe of it. They were like, yeah, they're... so the 80s were a write off. <laughs> it's fucked. Like, they, they shat on themselves too much in that movie, I thought. So that's but my... it was good. I watched it. I liked it.
2: That's exactly my point, though. <laughs> Spinal Tap style is better. Spinal Tap is, is like, that's the type of documentary you want to see. That's the type of footage you want to yeah, see. Yeah, where they tell you know.
1: the ugly part
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah that's a, that's a good point yeah
1: <laughs> but i did i i was like i like the movies where they're like this band is fucking amazing and everything about it's amazing like i i kind of like those documentaries too yeah and i was expecting that out of the rush one and then they were just like our music's for nerds and getty's kind of fucked sometimes <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no that's that's definitely the kind of band that they were it's kind of sad <laughs> they were for sure if you google
1: uh like when 2112 came out they start like it'll be like uh 2112 came out in this year it's a science fiction (laughs) opera that has a 22
2: minute and you're like no i'm done (laughs) that's enough i need to hear yeah yeah no like, like the real ballsy guys back then were playing that and they were trying to like seduce the chicks that they were engaged in potential relationships with while they were listening to that and that those were the ballsiest men of society back then yeah (laughs) Yeah. and also the ones that are single to this day (laughs) absolutely